Welcome, everybody. Time for another episode of Asher Sales Sense, brought to you by Asher Sales Strategies, the only global sales training company that integrates leading sales methodologies and the latest neuroscience studies into a simple and repeatable 10-step process, giving you sales training and tools to close deals faster. And I'm Dave Potts in the Asher Strategy Studio in Washington, D.C. Our host today is Kyla O'Connell, Senior Sales Facilitator and Coach at Asher Strategies. Kyla's guest is me, Senior Sales Trainer and Consultant for All Things Asher. The title of the show is I'm in Sales, How I Learned to Love That Sales Thing. Kyla, over to you. Well, thank you, Dave. And I'm excited about today. I'm excited to interview you and let our listeners learn about your fascinating background because I've had that privilege and we have traveled all over together, including Europe. And I've heard a lot of your stories and background, and I'm so grateful that you agreed to let me interview you today so that our listeners could benefit from that as well. So welcome. Well, thank you. And you know, I enjoy talking, so I hope I can provide some value content to it our great podcast. So what kind of questions do you have for me today, Kyla? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I love the title. I'm in sales, like, you know, question mark, um, because I think a lot of people when they get out of college, and I'm not talking about the people who know they want to get into sales, that's different, but they, they get out of college and, and maybe they're even lawyers, right? And they realize, oh, I have to get customers. Oh, that's sales, right? And entrepreneurs, I have to go get my own revenue, that's sales. And sometimes we don't realize that we're all in sales. So what was your first sales job? Well, it came at an early age. I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm the son of George Potts, who was a paint salesman. He was Ooh. a traveling paint salesman before the days of the big box stores. And his customers were paint and floor covering stores, paint hardware stores all over the North Texas area. And when I was a young lad, his paint company was Dutch Boy Paints. They're now mm -hmm. a part of Sherwin-Williams family, but it's a very strong yeah. paint company. Their emblem is a little Dutch boy, a little guy in a blue hat, yellow hair, blue overalls, and wooden shoes. So dad would dress me up <laughs> as the Dutch boy, and I would be the prop at uh, store <laughs> openings and things like that. And I was a pretty, I, I didn't know I was in sales. You know, I was just, it was just kind of fun. Dad plied me with uh, treats and things like that. And for the most part, I behaved and sold stuff. Later, I, uh, I had a lot of jobs. We didn't have a lot of money when I was young. So everybody, my sister and I, my mother, we all went out and got jobs. I worked at a, at a filling station, a gas station, when I was in high school and I learned about cars and repairs and grumpy customers and all that kind of thing. And I, later I worked for a drugstore and I was in the retail business, especially uh, I would deliver prescription drugs. That was in the days where you'd actually drive them to your house. Can you imagine? And mm -hmm. I learned a lot. I think everybody ought to be in retail sales at one point in their lives to, to learn about it. But again, I didn't think I was going to be in sales. Fort Worth is a great town, but I wanted to get out. I wanted to go out and see the world, and I wound up with an Air Force ROTC scholarship and went into the Air Force. Before that, my dad always said, you know, Dave, you've got your kind of personality. You'd be good in sales, and I would 
I'd say, ah, I don't know, dad, you know, I, I didn't want to be a salesman. And there's a famous Mark Twain quote. I've pulled it up just to make sure I didn't fumble it. But Mark Twain said famously, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. <laughs> and so I know <laughs> we tend to underestimate the perceptions of our, our parents. I think sometimes they, they do know us better than we know ourselves. Yeah. So I went off, well, I was in the Air Force for, well, for oh, 30 years. I didn't intend to do that. It just kind of happened. And I was in the political military intelligence business. We lived all over the world. I worked at embassies in the attache business. We lived in Korea. We lived in Russia, Germany, Prague, the Czech Republic. I was the defense attache in Prague. And so I had this incredible military career that one thing just you know, led to another. And so and then it was time to retire. They said, my sell-by date came up. So when you're a colonel <laughs> at 30 years, they say, okay, you got to go make room for other people. And then so I started looking for a job. When did you realize you were in sales? Like, you know, all those different positions sound very prestigious, but I imagine that there was a sales component, even if you were selling ideas, right? Or just influencing people. Well, you're exactly right. You're selling up, down, sideways in <laughs> leadership positions, especially, or and the staff, I worked on the air staff in the Pentagon in the late 80s, and it was all about selling positions. We had special papers, uh, staff summary sheets where you'd write out the issue, propose a solution, give back up, and it would go up the line. Like a corporation, that's how it worked. And if you couldn't sell an idea, you weren't, you just weren't successful. <laughs> Even then, I didn't realize I was in sales. It happened when I did retire. I went back to Fort Worth. With my background, I had a lot of knowledge of Central and Eastern Europe. And one of the few jobs that I was really interested in was back at the Lockheed Martin plant in Fort Worth. I'd kind of grown up with the Air Force in Fort Worth. There was a big you know, Air Force base there. And you know, that kind of got me interested in going out. Here's a job in business development, selling aircraft, F-16s and C-130s in Europe. And so I call up dad and I said, dad, I'm coming back to Fort Worth and I got a job. I'm out at the plant. And he says, well, what are you going to be doing? I said, I'm going to be in business development. And he says, welcome to sales. <laughs> I went, wait, no, no, dad, you don't understand. <laughs> you understand, I'm in business development. You know, we work and we just say, well, tell me what you're going to be doing. And I explain it to him. And he says, you're in sales. I went, yeah, I'm in sales. <laughs> and, and it really is true. And especially when you're selling to, in government business, you have business development people and you have government acquisition officials. And neither one of them really recognizes sometimes that they're sellers and buyers. Right. <laughs> And, well, and that ultimately, so that's selling, what you do. Mm -hmm. So you were, after the military, you went to Lockheed and you were selling airplanes. That's pretty interesting. What was that like? Well, it was complicated. <laughs> I, I grew up, I love airplanes. I still love airplanes. Mm -hmm. I had a private pilot's license years ago. I, I spent decades in the Air Force 
looking at foreign aircraft and our aircraft and making an analysis. I'm not an engineer. That's kind of interesting too. I was not a pilot in the Air Force and I'm not, I wasn't an engineer at Lockheed Martin. And, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I've made careers out of talking about things that I'm excited about and I know something about. But to your question, international sales are, are really kind of complicated. They're mm. long cycle and yeah. uh, they're complex. We, we had one customer that uh, at Lockheed where we, we briefed this customer, a Middle Eastern customer, and on a deal, and they went silent. 10 years later, they come oh. back and they say, okay, we're ready to buy. We have the money. Where do we wire the money? <laughs> we said, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. We're going to have to reprice a few things. Yeah. <laughs> and trying to adjust funny. them. And in that kind of business, international defense sales, you sell through the U.S. government mm. to the foreign customer. Okay. And so just so many people are involved. We would have lots of meetings with diagrams like, okay, who's connected to who and what's the cycle here and what's the, what's the channel? On the other hand, it was sales because it was all going yeah. toward a buyer's need and a solution and how we could come together and make it work. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of our listeners could relate to complex sales cycles. It sounds like that was extremely complex, but because the U.S. government was involved and you were doing it through them with, with all of that kind of chain of command to deal with. But, you know, I know and in my coaching work, when some of our customers are trying to navigate through very large, complex decision trees and departments, and this one reports to this, but this one has a say in that. And it's like, oh my goodness. Thankfully, we have LinkedIn today, which helps us a little bit navigate that, but you certainly didn't have those tools probably back no, then. No, no. And and a number of years ago, many government officials were not interested in LinkedIn. It was a cyber threat. And now they all yeah. have accounts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, know. you know, things change. I think when I've been teaching Azure strategy seminars and we talk about stories, you know, the, the instructor, it's always good to have an instructor sales story to illustrate a point, show that you actually can do it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and that you have done it. It helps. But I'm very careful about pointing out what's the same and what's different, what they sell, whether it could be a service or a product and what I sold. And mm -hmm. there's an overwhelming number of similarities in some things are just so common and common yeah. sense. So anyway. Yeah. And that's where, you know, obviously the, the emotional intelligence, I think is key, right? I mean, certainly product knowledge and the selling skills, the foundational skills, all of that is, is important. But when you're really at the, the core of it, it's emotional intelligence and, you know, being able to read their personality and being able to connect and make them feel comfortable and safe with you. And, you're, you couldn't be, you, know. you couldn't be more correct. And, and Kyle, it's a perfect time for that quick commercial break. Over 200 correlation studies show that natural aptitude is the most significant factor in predicting sales success. Asher's Advanced Personality Questionnaire, the APQ, consistently identifies peak performers in outside sales, inside sales, sales management, 
customer support, and 17 other business positions. Go to asherstrategies.com today or call 866-833-9941. That's Asher Strategies at 866-833-9941. Tyler's been speaking with me, Dave Potts, about how I learned to love that sales thing. Now back to our discussion. So, Kyla, I was just saying the the APQ really does help with uh, personality, style, assessment, and it is all you know. Ultimately, sales is about people connecting with other people. We don't buy from agencies. Essentially, we connect with, unless it's a a consumer product, of course, but if it's a a product, a complex product solution, there really has to be some trust in there and some human connective tissue to make it work. Don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially with coaching too. I mean, my first hour coaching anyone is spent getting to just know them and, you know, how are you doing? You know, how are you doing in your personal life? How are you doing in your health? How's your business going, right? Just those three questions really open people up to be vulnerable. And once they're vulnerable, then they trust you. And that's such a a key ingredient to any effective sales relationship or, or even leadership relationship. They have to trust you. So how did you get from Fort Worth to DC or, or when did you meet John Asher? Cause I know John is obviously in the DC area. Was he part of that or? Yeah, well, it, it, it is interesting in sales, sales is cyclical, right? And so it is, it was a certain point where aircraft sales were down and we had a lot of guys for some previous projects and I needed to find another job within the company and they were helpful. And so I started hustling working my network. And I found that there was a job opening. Actually, it was two levels above where I was. It was a director level job up at the corporate headquarters in Bethesda, Maryland. And I went to a couple of people and they said, yeah, you're a perfect fit. We've been looking for somebody like you. And and the next thing I know, I'm in the review process for the job and it just, the timing was wonderful. You know, you can be great or you can be lucky. And I've always been lucky. And so, so I'm in there in this job interview and talking to some senior officials, some of whom I haven't seen one fellow that I worked with in the air force who had just gotten a job there and he was on the panel. So one of the things, yeah, it was, it it was for a center of excellence and a lot of large companies have a small group of people, best practices, you know, and how do we get better? What, you know, how can we improve our win rates? How can we do things like help engineers sell <laughs> those things. And, and so one of the questions on the, the job interview was, well, we, we have a customer relations problem. We always have had a customer relations problem. It's hard because we're a big complex company and we've got government customers and we could do better. So, you know, main part of, of this position would be setting up a customer relations course for the corporation. Uh, can you do that? You know, that was the question. <laughs> I'm in a job interview. And, you know, I've, I've got a mortgage. What am I going to say? Yeah, I can uh, do that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Absolutely. Exactly. And that's what we did. I got, I got a bunch of smart people together and uh, we got some outside help with uh, 
we actually had a guy, a, a psychologist who helped us with it. It was uh, very good. And we put together this course. We ran that course, gee, I guess almost 10 years till I retired. And uh, Is that I also how did, you met John? Yeah, that's exactly right. And so it was, yeah. it was, I was in that training area. We, I also did a, an international business course called Doing Business Overseas. And I ran a, another company called uh, Strategic Thinking for Executives. I coordinated that with Carnegie Mellon University. That was trying to help our executives think beyond the next quarter you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> little things like that. But the biggest, one of the biggest issues was how can we improve our sales rate? How can we help our business development, our program managers sell more stuff? And I brought in a number of the sales companies, you know, the usual suspects, you, you know, their names, there, yeah. there are a lot of them. And then I got connected with uh, John Asher. It just so happened he'd called a friend of his at Lockheed and Lockheed said, oh, John, you need, to, you need to talk to Dave. He's the one doing all that. So John did a warm call with me. Just, you know, I'm John Asher. And my friend tells me you're the guy to talk to. And this is what we do. And blah, blah, blah. Do you have time to talk? And I said, well, sure. Because he was actually something I was looking for. So I brought John in. And that's where I learned about the, the uh, APQ. It's called the CPQ at the time. And the training program fit beautifully with our very detailed business development processes. It was sort of a missing piece. It was the Mm face-to-face. It wasn't the 30,000 foot. It was the three feet in front of the customer type of sales training. It beautifully fit with some of the things we were trying to get across with customer relations training. So we had a a number of Asher sessions around the corporation and I didn't have money to say, okay, everybody in Lockheed Martin, take this course <laughs> because they're, it's very diversified, you know, it's spread out over. And, yeah. and I, don't, I didn't have that much money, but I didn't, have much, I didn't have enough money to do quite a few courses. And, I, and we did a lot of good. When it came time for me to retire from Lockheed Martin, I knew John, I'd been in those sessions and I was going off and I was going to do a little consulting like I still do a little consulting. I was, and I said, so great, John. And John says, well, Dave, you know, our courses, do you want to come and, and help with them? And I said, well, yeah, yeah cause I love training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I learned to love that sales thing, you know, over, over time when, when you're trying to convince, you know, a company that's, that has a, you know, 120,000 people <laughs> that uh, there's no way you can do it that you need better sales training and you need better customer relations, you get into a sort of a mode where you have to go on a campaign. And I was all in and I liked the Asher system. It sounds like a commercial. Hey, wait, it is a commercial. <laughs> the Asher system is the only one I know that works in long cycles, short cycles, works with government customers, B2B. We even taught government to government agencies, you know, where they're profit mm-hmm. loss centers, where they, one part of a government sells to another part of government. So it, I was, uh, I've always been excited about it. And when the, when the time comes and we can increase our in-person training, I'm ready to get back out because I love training sessions where I can be in a class, understand what the salespeople's needs are, what their problems are, and, and help them be better at sales. Yeah. 
Well, we'll probably have to wrap up soon, but I know you've written a few books. Why don't you tell us about those? Well, back to the campaign. One of the things that I did with customer relations at Lockheed is every month I would send out to the network of people that I knew uh, some vignettes of something that happened. And then I would always include a couple of quotes at the bottom that would be apt. And it could be anything. Sometimes I combined Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Socrates, <laughs> you know, right. so I'm, and I was always a little irreverent and reverence, not a good word. I tried to make it fun because we right. get too stuffy, you know, so I try to make it fun. You can learn things and have fun and be professional. And, sure. and you know, it, it all depends on how you do it. So after a while, they say, well, Dave, you, you know, your little stories are kind of okay, but send us more quotes. We love the quotes. <laughs> so, and then one month I was sick and I got hate mail. I got hate email. So where are the quotes? You know, so what I did, I combined all the quotes into the different, different sections. You know, there's an A, A through Z sections, and then also some vignettes, some stories of, of, uh, of my dad, the salesman who helped me get started and how he became my mentor. Right. He became my mentor as a salesperson and uh, salesman, and and it was very very helpful, and and so to put it out a little book, uh, customer relations and sales training from A to Z, and it's on Amazon. Then there was another book. Uh, we uh, Kelly Harris, a woman I worked with at Lockheed, she and I ran an international business development course, and we showed salespersons how to dine like a diplomat. We actually ran. Uh, formal dinners because in international business that's where a lot of work is done and right. the idea is if you're not comfortable in a formal setting for whatever reception a dinner you're not going to sell much and we right. kept laughing about it you know this is etiquette for engineers and so we wrote the book <laughs> <laughs> that's also available etiquette for engineers on amazon and if you want to I also do some blog. I do a blog once a month just because I like to still. I've got a little site called Solving the Sales Puzzle. So at solvingthesalespuzzle.com, you can see the two books and uh, see what weird thing I wrote these last few months. They're on the website. They're also on LinkedIn. And uh, that's what I'm doing when I'm not <laughs> doing everything Asher. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. It was wonderful to hear your journey in this sales thing. <laughs> and I think that, um, I think that, that we're really going to relate to some of those folks that may be engineers or uh, in the military and realize that, oh yeah, I guess I am in sales and how everything really kind of boils down to that in life, right? It does. And uh, I, I just have three quick thoughts. Be well, have fun, sell stuff. <laughs> all right well thanks again so much for being with us today dave and thank you and that's all the time we have for today for our listeners be sure to subscribe to asher strategies radio on apple podcasts or your favorite podcast venue you can also ask alexa or siri to play asher strategies radio from now until we meet again john asher reminds us to please please get out there and sell something 